Hi again, everybody. John Porteous of the Lovells Township Historical Society here, and you're listening to the Backcast Podcast. Well, we're a couple of days later than we would prefer, but we're back, we're out, and uh, we've got a fresh episode. Uh, Glenn Everly and I are sitting down with uh, Rob Smith. Rob is uh, dedicated untold uh, hours uh, towards cold water conservation in a variety of roles. Uh, basically, if it's uh, if it's in northern Michigan and involves cold water conservation, fly fishing, or every once in a while grouse hunting, I think you'll find Rob involved. So, uh, without further ado, we'll get into this. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Here we go. Hey, Glenn, why don't you uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about our special guest this week? Well, John, it is a pleasure to have Rob with us today. Um, uh, any of you that have been in the museum this year know that uh, our exhibit is uh, uh, Unsung Heroes of the, Os- of the North Branch, and uh, Rob is one of those. And uh, Rob, welcome. Good Thank to have you. you with us. Glad to be here. Thank you. We're going to have some fun, and when we finish in about an hour, we've got... Uh, Maybe some brown water waiting for us, and uh, maybe we'll get out on this little lake and have a little fun after. There we have. a good idea. Well, yeah, let's do a cocktail. But I'd, I'd like to start, John, by asking, uh, uh, well, let me just say, first of all, my good fortune to meet Rob and Chrissy Smith, his delightful, beautiful wife, um, we met at a Headwaters TU Christmas party, probably, I'm guessing it was maybe eight years ago. Uh, and it was uh, John Walters who was at that time was the, uh, I believe, the president of, of Headwaters TU chapter. And he invited Rob Smith to come at the Christmas party, join us. Uh, Rob at that time was uh, uh, state chair of Trout Unlimited. And uh, so that's how we met. And, and I'd, like to, I'd like to start by asking uh, Rob how he, how he got involved in trout fishing. Bay City resident. Now, how did you, how did you get to well, the fishing um, business? I had a neighbor who knew Dan Allstott. Mm. So, uh, if you and Dan Allstott was a key player in, in North Branch and uh, you know fighting with the National Guard and and Dan being Dan, uh, I also worked with Dan Dan's company. Dan was a land surveyor and and I was a contractor. So we we crossed paths several times and. Uh, what really happened was that Dan had an opening on an opening day uh, uh, get together uh, as opening days go. So I spent my first day with a fly rod uh, and at Low Banks with the crew from with Dan also. That's interesting because Low Banks is about uh, three miles from where we're sitting right now. And yeah, Dan was a hell of a good man. Uh, did a lot for the. Uh, uh, a lot for the North Branch and uh, fought the uh, fought the National Guard expansion. Uh, he was very much involved in, and I think he kind of re-resurrected uh, the Osama North Branch Area Foundation, well, association at the time. Uh, that had been started back in the 1940s, but I think it had, had dwindled from an activity standpoint, and Dan Allstott kind of revived that organization. But... Yeah, Dan's a great guy. He was a great guy and, and did a lot for us. So right. you were in good hands with Dan Allstock. Right. I, uh, one little quick story I had with Dan was uh, I, I'd never fly fished before, and he, he got me a fly rod and uh, a little Coachman streamer. And 
Um, I stood out in front of his place in one of those islands in, in the rain where the other guys are in having a little brown water and probably laughing their butt off at the kid. But because uh, <laughs> I was by far the youngest person there. And uh, I started catching fish. You know, I just throw that streamer against the bank and I just mm-hmm. let it swing and you catch a brook trout, you know. And pretty soon somebody's tapping me on the shoulder and said, you know, you, know, you, you can't keep all of these. Oh, were you keeping them? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't know. You didn't know. <laughs> I didn't fishing. know. You know, brook trout are good to eat. You know, yeah. I thought, you know, I can have as many of these I want, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of what I learned about catch and release. So pretty quick. <laughs> first time yeah first time first yeah. time yeah. i don't know too many people that uh, uh caught more than a a limit the first time they've been i think that, i don't i don't know anybody that did well that, that obviously that, must be a decent Smith. angler yeah yeah <laughs> it was in your blood yeah and it's you know it was the the hook uh-huh that kept me coming back so oh that was great yeah i love it you throw that, that flying and uh you know there's always a chance you're going to get something out of the other end of it well <laughs> and your your gentle coaching that you received in the stream. Yeah. Um, it, I I was it from one of your pals or? Uh, I can't remember which oh, okay. where it was. Okay. I think it was standing at the kitchen sink cleaning fish, and it was like, you know, <laughs> you can't you can't you're not supposed to keep quite that many. Accidents happen. That's all good. That's all good. Yeah, I never had that problem when I started. Did you, John? You know, it was pretty much a shot out from day one, but <laughs> that's all right. Good, good story. Yeah. Well, now you you eventually became quite involved in Trout Unlimited and, and rose to the the top level in uh, certainly in the state. Uh, how did you get involved in in TU, Rob? Share that story well, with us. Well, um, <clears throat> that all started by uh, going to uh, walleye dinners and uh, work sessions with the Mershon chapter in Saginaw. So we got in, mm-hmm. got involved with Trout Unlimited that way, and. Uh, I'm going to get the, you're going to have to help me a little bit with the right name of the right lodge, but Howard Johnson yes. was very active when I first got involved, mm-hmm. which is a long time ago, I mean, it was 30 years ago, and he the was Godfather a father of the Caesars. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was uh, like a past president of the Mershon chapter, and yes. he got me involved in a work session up at... Uh, Wawasan? No, uh, it's, it's kind of close to the Barbless Hook. Uh, I want to say Thindera, but it's not Thindera. It's it's one of the lodges that no, was Ginger a, Ginger Quill. No, yeah. it was one of the lodges owned by a group of people. Okay, Thunderbird. Uh, it's across the it's across okay. the river from Thunderbird. Okay. Recreation Club. No, hmm. can't remember exactly which Twin, one it was. Obviously, there's some historic places down that way. Yeah, enough there are. That, yeah. <laughs> but there was a workshop at there that was lodge? there was there was a workshop at the lodge, and uh, uh, we were in we were putting in fence posts and stuff at. Uh, on the South Branch, and you know, they saw that I had a strong back and a weak mind, and it was downhill from there. <laughs> they, I got invited to, you know, I got invited to be a, uh, uh, what did they call it, an alternate board member or something for mm-hmm. a while, and mm-hmm. uh, we sat down in uh, Saginaw at the board meetings, and uh, Art Newman and Harold Kleinert were there, and, and uh, yeah, so we. Uh, uh, Spent a, a lot of time, at, you know, uh, just getting to, to know the chapter and the history of the chapter, which was, you know, vast. It's and the original chapter. Like 30 years ago when yeah, you, you started. 
And uh, did you become president of the uh, Mershon chapter? Yeah, you kind of went through some chairs there. I went from being on the board to being like a vice chair and then then a chair at at Mershon. Mm -hmm. And then I was uh, uh, somewhere in between that session, you end up, they'd like you to do the banquet. So, you know, Chrissy and I did the banquets for three or four years, too. That's a lot of work. And then, uh, yeah, you know, so... So, you know, we got, you know, we got to know everybody and, and uh, you know, all the, all the other, other members there. And uh, that led from, that led from uh, when you're the, when you're the chairman, you automatically start working on the state level. Mm-hmm. Were you a representative from Marshawn yeah, to the state? We, yeah, when council? you're chair, you are a representative, you are the representative for, with, for the, for the chapter. two people from every chapter are... Mm-hmm. Uh, representatives on on the state council. One of them is the chair. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got acquainted with the chair. Um, and then, uh, what years were you uh, state chair? Uh, I think uh, thirteen and fourteen. Was it okay? Yeah. Okay. Do you... Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. an interesting story about that. And this will sound kind of immodest, but uh, I was pretty good friends with Art Newman and. And Art had a real uh, way of of uh, gathering leadership, let's put it that way, or mm. giving you opportunities. <clears throat> and Art uh, told me when I was, before I was uh, involved with the state council, he said, I'm going to hang around until you're chair of the state council. <laughs> and I just I just kind of looked at him. I said, Art, I've never even been to a state council meeting. I don't know what you're talking about. You yeah. know, and I just kind of left it at that. Yeah. And then uh, Art Art knew talent when he saw yeah, it. Yeah, Art. Well, I don't, don't want to be immodest about. I no, just, you don't have to be because it just. Uh, but it just it just shows you what some people you know. And Harold Kleiner, you know, it was an, another uh, pillar at, at the Mershon chapter. Harold was the guy that. Did the underflow uh, engineering for uh, the lakes uh, for the Rifle River from, oh. the, from the campgrounds? Oh. They, the Bow Lake mm-hmm. bypass. He mm-hmm. did the underground uh, engineering for the underground pipe that took the cold water and put it in the Rifle the River. Cold water. Oh my gosh! So he was he he was a real monumental guy in my. I, I never met too. him. I never met him. I... He owned Mean Stamping. Yes. A company called Mean Stamping. He owned that and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he was real uh, crucial to my uh, upbringing, so to speak. He'd take me out to lunch and cool me in. So, Talk you, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so you had some mentoring on the on the TU organization side. Right. Now, how did you first meet Art Newman? Um, uh, I met Art at, at the chapter, chapter meetings. Okay. At the okay. chapter meetings, and then uh, actually, um, I met Art at his shop. One gas shop at the One Gas Fly Rod Shop. Mm-hmm. So my dad and my best friend Mike Meyer and uh, myself went to see Art about buying a fly rod. <laughs> there ah. we go. So Can when you... you go into Art's shop, you know he kind of holds court there. He used to kind of hold court, just like you've got it set up. Look, just exactly the same and in our and, museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah <clears throat> in the museum, and uh, you would uh, you would actually. Uh, Go in there, and he would he would start talking to you, and 
you know, and, and in the process, you ended up buying a fly rod. But he would ask you if you were a patient plotter or a rapid stroker, and then he'd kind of work, you know, your personality into your fly rod. And I'll be darned. He's quite a salesman, you know. Uh-huh. And so, but he'd uh, always work uh, trout conservation. Yeah, he's trout always working in conservation. Always. No, his, we, always. We had, um, when, when we first opened the uh, uh, One Against Fly Shop uh, re- reconstruction at the museum, we had a fellow that came in, and he almost had tears in his eyes when he saw the cutout of Art Newman behind the counter, a very realistic-looking, life-size profile, a picture of, of Art. And, and he, You know, Glenn, for the people that are listening that may not have visited us lately, there's a picture on the homepage of the Historical Society. If they scroll to the bottom, they'll see Chris Wood, Standing, standing in front of the counter next to that cutout that's, art so they'll get a visualization. That's of, a good point. That's right. And Chris Wood, who's uh, uh, director of uh, TU National, uh, was there and, and in, in the shop. And we've, that's a great picture of Chris and uh, the profile of Art Newman. But this fellow uh, stopped and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, you know, I was a young man, probably 21, and somebody, I was just starting to trout fish, and he says, you, somebody told me, you've got to go see Art Newman. Well, I didn't know who he was. They told me where his shop was. So I got off of work early on a Friday afternoon, and I went to one again shop. And Art went in the back, I went in the shop, and there he was. And uh, I started talking from told him I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I had a fly rod, and I needed to get flies. And, and Art helped me a lot, and he started talking about fishing. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I looked out, and, and we'd been talking for 45 minutes, and there were about four guys waiting outside the shop. And he said, I got nervous. I said, Mr. Newman, there's a bunch of people waiting to come in. And Art Newman looked at me and says, young man, you and I are talking about trout fishing and conservation. When we're finished, you'll go and one of those guys will come in. <laughs> he said, I didn't hear anything he said for the next 15 minutes. I was worried about the <laughs> guys outside. But uh, he, was, he was amazed at, at that experience. Well, there's yeah. been an amazing number of people come through that chapter, Rob, um, in terms of Leadership and cold mm. water conservation, passion and well, you get Howard achievement. and Dave Kozad. And, you yeah. know, there's there's some real uh, a lot of real. It's it's a who's who kind of Jake Shinners, uh, <laughs> Jake Shinners, right? Yeah, Jake. I mean, there's 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 been some Jake real... and Rob were instrumental in the uh, Art Newman Memorial, which we now have at the museum. Right, the, the plaque and, and the, that was a that was a great program. Yeah, well, we all had a chance to meet Art, and I know you worked with him. Quite a bit, and and uh, he was uh, he was sure as I as I said in the introduction that he was Wild Trout's best friend. Right. He'll never have anybody better than, than what we had with Art Newman. Well, you know, before before I forget to say it, um, what I think Art did uh, for trout fishing or for conservation is he wrote the philosophy, the TU philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TU philosophy is um, obviously a, a narrative. But it's also remains as a guideline for the progress of Trout Unlimited, really, and yep. what we do. Do things scientifically, uh, you know, do things for, for cold water mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, take care of the water. The fishing will take care of itself. That's, that's, that's it. I mean, you boil yeah. it down to that. You just, and that you, just boil, it you just boil it all down. And he, he did that. And that's, to me, that's why he's. He, you know, he's gained that status as a legend. He's, he's, mm. he's he, he deserves that for that for that and, piece of work. And in the TU magazine, um, when he passed away, um, Rob Smith 
was quoted in that magazine, and uh, he spoke about, you spoke about the philosophy of TU and how important that was as a guide for all of us who love cold water conservation and trout fishing. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, limit your kill, don't kill your limit. And uh, we have the, we have it on my fly tying room right. right up on the wall here. Something right. in my den. And your den too, I think right. most trout fishermen You know what we should do, that. Glenn? I think, you know, we talk about this often on the podcast, and I think maybe I'll uh, take a scan of that, uh, the one I have at home, and we'll put and, that and on put our on... Historical Society website, just so that that's a good idea. people can <clears throat> see it. It's like, you, you know, the... Sure. Uh, the monument that's out in front of our museums that right. Mershon Chapter did, that's the header on the website. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's important that we, and I'm not going Mershon crazy here, this is no. just overall, it's no, just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have some of these things that we can point at. You know, and, John, I'd like to see us do two things. Uh, uh, arts philosophy of, of uh, for, for fly fishing, Trout Unlimited, and, and also Mershon, I mean, uh, um, Traver, Volker's Testament. Volker's Testament. Yeah. I think those are two beautiful, yeah. beautifully written, uh, clear, concise, um, deep thoughts about this wonderful sport that we well, all enjoy right. so much. I think any new angler or any adult with kids coming up or any adult that just needs a refresher <laughs> should, yeah. should, should reference both those. And yeah, they're not, right. this isn't going to be one of these, you know, too long, didn't read things. This is, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's succinct they're, they're, they're and it's short impactful. And short and, and sweet. That's yeah. And it remains timeless and important. Yeah, and they are both right on. Yep, they're, they're right, right on. There. Yep. Wow. Neat. Now, Town uh, Unlimited, you, you created something, uh, and I'm not sure you did when you were state chair, or uh, or you can help us understand how it was created and why and uh, what it's doing, and that's the uh, the Aquifer Club, oh. which is a, uh, a wonderful. <clears throat> Effort by to you. Well, uh, back back when I was, uh, and this would be quite a while back, uh, going to a, a national convention, uh, uh, we uh, we just we established a group of people that uh, uh, wanted to create a development committee for for the NAT, for the state council, and, and we felt that it was very important to have that. That development committee because we were we were using up money faster than we were bringing it in, and we had just hired uh, Dr. Burroughs, and we realized what a gem we had. Oh boy! And uh, <laughs> we had to figure out a way to keep them. So, uh, one of the so the development of, was was a fundraising yeah, intent. I mean, it, development it, just another name for fundraising is okay. development. So yep. we we. Uh, uh, I put together some stuff. Uh, I mean, we we only had uh, a certain way of. We, I mean, we had an annual giving request. We had some money that TU gives us back as a rebate every year, and and then we just started building uh, capacity into that type of funding, and and thinking of different ways to do it. So. Dave Smith, who was a past chair before I was, mm -hmm. and myself and Pat Kohani and uh, Jake Shinners and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys, Dick Barch and some 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 people. We got together and we said, "Look, if we all gave a thousand bucks a year, and we called, you know, and and we dedicated it to our executive director's salary." 
we would we would call it something. So uh, Dr. Burroughs got involved and said, "Well, let's call it let's call it the Oxford Club, Deep Giving." Who, who who came up with the name? Uh, Brian Burroughs. Oh, Brian Burroughs came up with yeah, the name. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Good. An aquifer club and an aquifer being a you know a deep source of water. Mm-hmm. So uh, love it. Yeah, and well, that's that Brian. That's Brian's. Uh, like Brian's, a, Brian's a real thinker. And, uh, well, he sure is. So that's how that came about. That's how the name came about. And then um, the first the first outing was uh, probably oh ten or twelve people at at Spentley. Okay. Hal Smith Spentling. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I don't know if Hal still has Spentling or not, but I, you I know. think I think he does. And then Hal that, still has it. That has grown into. Um, uh, this was our tenth year this year and our ninth outing because of COVID. We didn't have one last year, mm-hmm. but we're up to uh, how many members now? Fifty, probably fifty-four. Oh, that's active great. Members. That's great. And it's it's a thousand dollars a year, right? Um, how could our listeners participate in that, Rob? If they were well, interested, well, if anybody's to do interested, that. just get a hold of me, and I'll be glad to you know I'll be glad okay. to hook you up and and you know get you invited. I mean, yeah. it's it's. Uh, and we're and we're looking for more people, and you know, um, the way we spread it is through the members that we have. We ask them to bring their friends or anybody that's really interested in it. Um, and every money's... dollar, every dollar goes right to TU use. Every for... every dollar goes right into salary. Yep, which is great. Now, is this is this a, a subscription thing, or is it, you can come in and out? You can come in. Side. You can come in and out as you as you please. But it you know it was originally set out as an annual well, for a long term annual sure. long term giving. Mm, mm. But, but in the spirit of not wanting to dissuade anybody, right. well, if somebody fine. wanted to come in for a year, that would that's fine. Okay, sure, yeah, sure. And that's Maybe fine. And if you want to give more than a thousand dollars a year, that's fine too. That's right. <laughs> and we have we have and thankfully we have some we have some deep pockets that have really really helped us over the years. That's exciting. Yeah. This is great. And it's really. Uh, it's it's been a way that we've uh, uh, one of the one of the biggest accomplishments in my tenure was that we're solvent and we've got enough money coming in to pay for everything. We're not using any of our. We've been we were given some some large trust. We'll some take large a trust. time out there and you've ever seen in your life. You know, they're miserable, look awful looking things, but. My son thought, Dave, you, you know Dave, yeah. Dave thought, you know, what about um, spikes in Grayling? Huh? They get the, the pilots yeah. that fly the Warhawks. Yeah, that'd be great. Air-10s. They'd love it. They, they oh, fly. Oh, that would be fun. That would be a great time. When they're not flying, they have beer. And if they're yeah, yeah, yeah. flying, they drink Coke and burgers. So I called the owner and I told him, well, I was over there one time, and I stopped and asked the owner about, uh, would you like a... Mount Warthog. I mean, this is not out of a you know garage sale or anything. This is a really nice mount, beautiful. Uh, I don't know what it paid for, like three grand or something. And he said, well, "I'd love it." So I had a little write up about who nice. he was and took it over. I got a picture of him with his son receiving it. You know, here's the Warthog. I've got to go back and see now. He's going to put it up and have a little plaque. Nice. Yeah, we haven't been to Spikes for a while. I'll have to go down and see. Yeah, that. I'll have to go see it. Oh, that's fun. Warthog. That's fun. Okay, Ned. Had the warthogs go over uh, when we were planting trees yesterday. They came right over. I mean, they came right, right over. Sometimes yeah. they come you down could, low and. Yeah, you could wave at them. You know, we see them right in the cockpit. It's, it's, it's not unusual. 
to sit in the yard and they'll wave and they'll yeah. wing you. It's kind of had, fun. Yeah, we had, I was doing fun. my walk not yesterday, the day before, and they would look like they were just, I mean, I'm not sure the trees were moving from the, but it, right. it almost looked like they were right. buzzing the trees. It's pretty know. exciting sometimes. Oh, yeah. The, um, this summer, was, it was right before uh, Sissy got married, they had the F-16s out. And, mm. you know, they're god-awful noisy no, they're and really super fast. Loud. And normally they're hanging up way high. They're doing, you know, their yeah. game planning or whatever yeah. up high. But these guys came down low and tight. And I was thinking, man, that's just the sound alone is going to cause the water to pop up out of the river. <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you after, after we have a drink tonight, I'll tell you what my daughter is uh, vice chairman of the air show at Lake Charles. Oh, yeah. Oh, old field. And I'll tell you about what you I got down, to do. You went down to that. Yeah, I, I actually have some pictures. Of it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, neat. That was yeah. neat, yeah. A, a buddy of mine uh, sent me a link um, to a little YouTube thing. This guy spent 18 years building a one-third model of a B-17, and mm. it flies. What? He really? Modified, I mean, it's got four engines. It's just... It's so bloody One impressive. They had, they had it up at Oshkosh, parked underneath a real B-17. Wow. Oh and it was just like, he goes, no tail gunner, though. No room for it. <laughs> or uh, belly gunner. Can't belly gunner. Get, can't get in it. Yeah. 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 Those, those pilots wow, are amazing. I, I just finished a book called The Rocket Men. And it's all about Apollo 8. Okay. The flight around the moon the first time. Oh, it was cool. A, it was a really the, who was it? It was Anderson, Lovell, and uh, Borman. The first three guys that left our atmosphere and went around the moon, orbited it, and did a bunch of pictures to set up the next flight, which was Armstrong's landing. Mm -hmm. 1968. What a story that is. Oh, they were trying to beat the Russians, and there was no way they should have done it. I mean, it was so risky. They had failed the rocket system in a, bit, in a test just before. They had problems with it. And they said, well, we got to fix them. But they didn't even take another shot. They were running against the clock trying to beat the Russians to the moon. And they said, we're going. And, I mean, oh, my word, it's it's a hell of a book. I'll have to check that out. Hell of a book, The Rocket Men. Man, it's good. Well, where are Okay, so we had a little fun there with uh, technology, and uh, we're back. And, Rob, I think you were just telling us, you know, Sharing that one of your greatest accomplishments was the fact that you'd achieve solvency in that yeah, regard. It's it's you know it was obviously a group effort. It's not all my effort, but well, it was the effort of the of the group, the development committee, to uh, obtain solvency for uh, Michigan TU, uh, which really at the end of the end of the day, having uh, some great employees and. Um, in Brian uh, Burroughs and Kristen Thomas is is uh, just a wonderful place to be, uh, knowing that we can pay them every year and they can continue to do their their wonderful work. So, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, we're real proud of that. Well, I, proud I, of I that. think everybody that has anything to do with uh, Brian Burroughs and Kristen are pretty impressed with the quality of those people. Yeah, their knowledge, uh, the, the the fact that they get stuff done. Um, they're effective, efficient, uh, delightful people to work with. Uh, you got a real great pair there. Yeah, and one thing that uh, 
we we're real proud of at Michigan TU is that uh, Brian and Kristen work for us. Uh, they they don't uh, work for the national organization, and mm-hmm. they uh, they're not tagged to the national organization. Uh, that that said, they're also not tagged to any uh, political uh, party or. I don't know how to get get around this uh, and say it the right way, but uh, we're not beholding to anybody. Yeah. So if you ask Brian Burroughs or Kristen a question, they're not they're they're going to give you the answer. There's no hidden agenda to, with them. Well, you right. don't have to check back and say, okay, I've got to please right. these three. Right. And those yeah, you don't four. Have to, they don't have any yeah. constituents to keep happy. They mm-hmm. they can just give you the scientific answer that you're you're looking for, mm-hmm. and therefore they have become uh, a go to source for a lot of the, the the politicians because they know they're going to get a straight answer they're going to get facts mm-hmm. they're not going to get uh um, hyperbole get based on bottled with all the partisanship right. and such with any with any partisanship to be weighted anyway other right. than the facts yeah. right so mm-hmm. we're, that's that's one of the reasons that we're so happy to have brian as an employee mm-hmm. awesome every time i talk to him i'm impressed he, so, he spent oh, he's, he's a very kind man. Time. You know, the, the amazing evening that uh, you and I and Eric and uh, Jake uh, were we at the dinner the... spot uh, before the um, fly film tour. Mm-hmm. That's right. He joined us. For Super that. duper guy. Yeah, yeah great nice guy. Very impressed. Yeah. Well, that Aquifer Club was quite a, uh, a well-run and a great cause. It does a lot of good. And you've done another thing um, in your TU background, and I believe you were the uh, the head of the uh, Great Lakes work group. And right. uh, in that role, you developed the uh, a program called A Case for the Great Lakes. Correct. Would you share that story with us, with, um, our, with our listeners? Yeah, when, when I got involved with uh, uh, TU National, uh, I was going to conventions, and uh, I finally turned out as a council chairman, and I uh, accepted the position of the National Leadership Council uh, representative from the state. Nice. So uh, when I <laughs> when I got involved with that, I found out that the National Leadership Council uh, has ten or twelve work groups that meet. Uh, independently uh, and are part of uh, Trout Unlimited and one of them is the Great Lakes Work Group which I have found out that it had kind of lied laying dormant what's the right word it, it was dormant <clears throat> let's put it that way wasn't doing anything it wasn't doing anything right so uh, I got my thinking cap on and I found out that I was also the chairman of that group by the fact that I was from Michigan so, 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 so we had a meeting in uh, Bend or uh, Redding, California, and I had a group, and we got them, we got together, and I just said, okay, if I'm going to be the chairman of this group, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to have we're going to have some issues to discuss, and we we got a whiteboard out and wrote down all the issues that we could think of in the Great Lakes, and I said, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to put this together, we're going to share it with. Uh, the rest of the uh, groups, and uh, and it, that's where it, it took off from there. 
Lots of meetings in the development process. Yeah, lots of meetings. Uh, lots of meetings putting that piece together. We want, you know, we wanted people to know about the Great Lakes. What, why it's a great resource. Why we need to take care of it, and and how how big a resource it is. I mean, it's you know, it's twenty one percent of the world's freshwater. It's eighty four percent of the freshwater in the United States. Those it's two facts cool, alone. Just those two those facts. Those are mind-numbing numbers. Yeah. It's just, it's huge. It, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, that, that just uh, got us started on, you know, what are the issues that are affecting the Great Lakes? And there's just many, uh, you know, you, when you go out and drive and look at the lake, it looks like it's just fine. Well, it's, it's, it's literally being attacked from all sides. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's the attack from the land. There's the attack from from the salt water there's a you know there's attack from the air you know it's it's invasive it, you know, all, all the all the different pollution. things oh got, my god yeah, got all these things uh, going on so it's a very thorough program i think it's about a 45 page uh, study right of the great lakes with uh, just lots of information it's and, mostly information yeah it's you information it, it's, it really, it's, it's great information it's jam packed and you know one of the graphics that you used that really resonated with me when you talk about the 21, 21%, 84% numbers. That graphic that is um, blue and white, where uh, oh. everything is highlighted, not only the Great Lakes, but yeah. everything feeding. And it's yeah. just, All the it looks sheds. like a capillary system <laughs> in a human Lawrence, body. It's that's just St. Lawrence River watershed. Yeah, it's just which insane. includes the Great Lakes, and it's you know it goes all the way out through to the ocean. Sure, and yep. it's and I, I found that on uh, I found that on line, and I, I worked with the the man that developed it, and he mm. gave me rights to use it for. To use it's it. just so impactful, and it's it's yeah. just incredible. It's a great graphic. Yeah, it's a great graphic, and yeah. it's it is a comprehensive document too. I mean, mm. it's it's, it's, it's these reference. little things that. You know, we, we all see and hear of the most obvious things that are in front of our noses, but um, the ballast discharges. Oh, ballast discharges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, who thinks about that? Well, who yeah. thinks about it? Well, and, and we all should, but... It's, and who, who doesn't who doesn't want to protect it and make it more the, the strict... Of, uh, make the laws stricter uh, on ballast water regulation. And, you know, you fight with... You fight with your own government about that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you fight with your state governments about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, you know, it gets, it gets very crazy. political and it's, and, and, it, and it's, to me, it's all common sense. It, you know, it should be, take care of it. <clears throat> yeah. You know, if it's bad for the lakes, you right. shouldn't do it. Right. Pretty simple. Well, it's a great reference and I would uh, uh, encourage all of our podcast listeners to uh, to take a look at it, how can they access that? Uh, uh, a case for the Great Lakes. Should be able to find that on the Michigan Trout Unlimited. You, you know what, guys? What we'll do is I'll put a link to the document um, to Michigan to you, and then I'll put a, another link right. to the document in our podcast notes, so that when oh, okay. when folks Great. go to Apple or Spotify or Amazon or wherever they go to consume their podcast. There's always a bit of narrative, and so we can expand on that okay. and uh, that definitely include those links. <clears throat> right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not a, a document to be taken lightly, and it's, and it, it's very thought-provoking. 
Yeah, it, I it, think it's know, a good reference it's document. It's the kind yeah. of layer building. Yeah, we we uh, we, we try to include as much uh, information as we could without getting real, real technical about it. it, it it's it's pretty it's damn pretty, thorough. It's pretty Rob. cool. Uh, it's a neat program. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> take a look at it, podcast members. It's yeah. it's really worth it. Well, it's neat that you're able to coordinate and lead that collaboration and yeah, and produce something impactful. That's something that's uh, it's ongoing. It's going to be uh, we're going to try and update it and, and get it published uh, so that we can share it uh, with more people mm-hmm. on a face to face basis. It, it's nice. uh, it's that kind of document that you can leave with somebody and. and Actually, it's it would be a good document for kids. It's a good document oh, for, for, for politicians that you can leave in their office and say, you know, thank you for working on the, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative. Here's here's some information on the Great Lakes and why we're protecting it and why we're we're so adamant about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why program. we've done it, and and we've also done it just to even uh, within our own organization, you know, take yeah. it to the guys and in Montana and take it to the guys in Washington, D.C. and the guys in sure. Georgia and say, hey, look, this is pretty important, too. So, And, and you know, as you sit here in Lovells, Michigan, uh, with the north branch of the Osaba running through it, it sometimes you, you forget the fact that that water that you just fished in is going to go into the lake, Great Lakes. Yeah. That's going to eventually get to the Great Lakes. Oh, yeah. And it's going and, to go uh, over Niagara Falls. And eventually it's going to go, go to the Saint Lawrence River. And it's going to go into the Great and go into the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the, uh, the Osable is kind of a microcosm of of the Great Lakes, right? I mean, it, it's it's shut off by dams now, mm-hmm. but uh, it it has the same problems as the Great Lakes. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, as as you look at the, the 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 problems that that the river has, you've got you've got pollution problems in PFAS now that are really really going to be an issue here scary. that's a pretty scary that issue whole in thing here. is frightening because you if know, we're just starting to understand we've that. got climate change issues uh you know we've got to keep working on on keeping this water cold and you know we got all these dams and you know you're gonna mm-hmm. you get you know probably gonna step on my somebody's toes but I, I, if these <laughs> dams would go away we can drop the water temperature five to seven degrees all the way out you would know? that be nice you know well, in, and in, with you know, the pressure on global warming you know we're talking about the uh, what can you do how can you uh, um, combat that and, right um, get rid of the dams would be a great start well, well it's, it's, start. it's certainly one of the weapons in there I mean it's just we were talking a little bit off off mic before we got started tonight and it's you know, starting to pay attention to temperatures and, and the nuances. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, we see it here, and, and the three of us were fortunate enough to travel in west this year to various parts and fish some different water, and in some cases fish the same water. But it's, it's amazing, at least Jake, uh, my son-in-law, and I picked this up so much in talking to people as we traveled across the country to find out how are they attacking this? And, you know, to your point, sharing that information and creating right. that exchange and, right. you know, trading best practices <clears throat> and, you know, just turning up the the attention level, if you will. Right. And we got some big issues facing us. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'd like to shift gears now, if it's okay. Yep. Um, I'd like to talk about a fun thing. Uh, and that is... Um, it's called Tufts. 
Yep. And that stands for it's TU Fly Fishing School. And uh, Rob, along with a bunch of other good guys, is an instructor uh, at the TU Fly Fishing School. And uh, I, I got to say, I've had a hell of a lot of fun with Rob and some of the other guys that we've also uh, done podcasts with. It, John it's Dallas funny how and, the, this, these and, guys uh, they end up on the podcast. Yeah, they do. They, there's a fraternity of guys that uh, enjoy giving back. You know, it's, uh, you, you tell us about it. They heard enough from me. We want to hear from you, Rob. <laughs> well, tell us about school? the TU Fly Fishing School. Well, the, you know, one, one first thing, the first plug for the Fly Fishing School is that this was our 50th year. And this has been going on for 50th year. So I'm tailing Charlie at the Fly Fishing School. There are so many great people that came before me uh, that uh, uh, actually ran the school and still do run the school. That it's 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 just uh, incredible uh, dedication for that amount of time. I mean, some of the people that we know at this fly fishing mm-hmm. school have been there for forty years. I think one guy been there for forty. I'm just years. a rookie. I'm just a rookie. I'm just having a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just having a ball being an instructor, and uh, I think I learn as much at at school as some of my <laughs> students do. You know, so. Uh, and that's true. Every every year we learn something yeah. from an instructor or something that you didn't know about. It's, yeah, I mean, and they're all volunteers, uh, all of the guys. Uh, nobody gets paid for anything. It's all done to right. promote the knowledge and uh, enjoyment of uh, fly fishing. And it's a very thorough school. It's a very good school. Um, you know, I, I would recommend that school to anybody that wants to be introduced to fly fishing or perfect their skills or learn any, you know, anything about fly fishing. I mean, it, it covers the gamut. And there's three, the three levels. And the the ecology of the, the insects. It, yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, it's, it's an amazing yeah. school. And Do you guys have a chance to, um, for those that are not there, to tweak and improve that have already been exposed, but to, to the newbies, do you, do you have a chance to talk etiquette with them? And yes, we do. We have a session on stream etiquette. Where we talk about that. That's uh, great. Uh, it's just it's a two and a half day program, uh, all done by volunteers. And there's three levels. There's a, a novice, a beginners, a intermediate, and advanced. So, and we have people that have come back for five or six years. Right. And quite a few of the instructors were students at one time. They started fly, right. learning about fly fishing through Tufts Fly Fishing School and uh, eventually became instructors. And uh, it's a delightful bunch of guys. And uh, at the end of the day, you have a, a, have a chance to let your hair down a little bit and maybe have a glass of beer or, or right. uh, have some fun. Right. It's, um, always, the, the first, uh, it's the, always the first or second, second weekend in June. During the, the free fly, there's a free free, free fishing, fishing weekend. Yes, in mm-hmm. Michigan. So if you want to find out when it is, it's, it's nice always the same. Up. Yeah, it's That's always cool. the same weekend, so that nobody has to have a license or. or yeah. And it's done to the Boardman, uh, Ranch Rudolph, which That's is right. a nice setup. You can stay there or you can come from home. Well, the Boardman's a pretty special yeah. river too. Oh yes, great river. With recently removed dams. And and we've been using the recently removed dam areas. Yeah. Yeah. You got Uh, got some fish up there last year, didn't you? Yeah, we did get some fish. That that little ground bridge beat, one of my favorite spots ever. That's probably as close as I could get to having an initial 
fly fishing river to say, okay, this is, these were my waters. And then, yeah. you know, at that point, it was started? just super exciting. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, to see the evolution that's taken place and the way that the, the pond has changed back, you know, reverted back to the riverbed. And yeah. it's, yeah. it's that's very exciting. cool. That's very exciting. cool. It's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be exciting to, you know, do a little pulse check over there every couple of yeah. years and see how it's progressing. Wander over there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And catch a few fish. Maybe. I think, yes. I think so. Absolutely. Have some nice hatches on that river. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, what a treat. Hey, you know, Rob, oh, well, go ahead. no, I was go just going to ask you, because I mean, this is, we'll, we'll twist completely off the, the fly fishing, uh, cold water fishery thing and uh, maybe go a little seasonal. I think you guys are starting to bone up for bird season, aren't you? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if a podcast could only uh, transfer <laughs> gleams <Right>. in eyes. <laughs> we, we actually had to take a little break from the podcast so I could feed my 15-year-old English setter, Lucy, who's uh, uh, chomping at the bit. Uh, I was working at the uh, um, river cleanup yesterday. I came home a little late. Martha came home early. And she said, well, you missed a beautiful woodcock point. She found one right off the driveway, and Martha couldn't find Lucy. She was in the, in the, in the ferns, and she finally found her, walked in, and up came a woodcock. So at 15, she's still finding birds. Yeah. So uh, we'll, another few days, she's the 15th is the opener. But it's yeah. cool that she's finding woodcock around, too. We recently, uh, <laughs> like within three days, I had like three different woodcocks, and... Uh, I must have flushed eight birds. Isn't that um, neat? Eight grouse, yeah. Wow. It was just like, where have you guys been? <laughs> and where are you going? Well, and we yeah. hang around for a little while. We're going to be on the 15th. Actually, right? this is the first year I remember that uh, the woodcock season starts the exact same day as the grouse season. It's oh, usually a week go. later. It's okay. usually the next Saturday or so of the following week. Uh, woodcock follows. But for some reason, the uh, DNR has... Uh, uh, has them uh, both uh, opening on the 15th of September this year. So Nice. Um, and it's, it's coming. It's coming. Very good. Well, Rob, I don't know how to thank you. It's been great uh, learning more about you, and we're delightful. Ha we're delighted having you as one of our uh, unsung heroes of the Osable uh, in the museum, and a lot of our podcast uh, uh, listeners have been in there and, and seen the work, and they enjoy the Wanna Gas shop, which uh, yeah. you you were saw the original a number yeah. of times. It's been <laughs> time with Art Newman in it. Yeah, That's pretty neat. So yeah. can't thank you enough. Rob, well, thanks thank for you. everything you do. Much well, obliged. Well thank you for uh, for the honor. Uh, I I I'm really humbled but to be honored well, by the You you earned it. You've earned it my friend. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. All right ladies and gentlemen Take care, folks. we will uh, check back in with you soon. Well, we're so fortunate to have uh, <laughs> so many amazing people in this area, and uh, especially those that are willing to sit down and talk to us. So um, regardless, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we've still got some unsung heroes that we need to hit, and uh, we've got a couple other uh, very interesting uh, angling-related topics to, to address before the season leaves. So uh, there you go. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, mind your back cast. <laughs>